Welcome to the DNA Podcast, a show where we discuss books, movies, and entertainment that help us understand who we really are. I'm Dakota. And I'm Annabella. Let's dive into our DNA. What's the song that starts this movie? It's like... Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> no, wait, it's like uh, Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, Dakota? Yeah? How it goes. Yeah? How does it go? Christmas time's here. I don't remember. Oh. But it feels like. No, that's Mariah Carey. That's Kelly Clarkson. Nope. All right. I was moving <laughs> off. Oh, dear God. <laughs> listen, I grew up with immigrants. Do you think we listen to American fucking Christmas tunes? Are there like Italian Christmas oh, tunes? Oh, 100%. What are they like? Oh, I was going to say. That's the only one I know. Oh, my goodness. Well, on that note, happy holidays, everybody. Welcome back to another fun episode of the DNA podcast. We are, as you could tell, in a very... Christmassy holiday spirit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel just the sleigh bells ringing all around. But today we decided to do a fun Christmas movie for a bonus episode. What are we talking about today? We are talking about drumroll, please. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Well, do you have a first off? Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Mm. Aside, if this is it, aside from this. I have to admit, I don't really have a favorite Christmas movie, and that's funny because I was going to ask you the same question. Fucking tilapia. You know, it's also tilapia is I also don't really have a favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, no, I'm like... It's like, eh. there's ones that I enjoy watching, but I like have to be in the mood for them. Yeah. I have to be like, okay, cool. Because I love like Elf. Elf is such a classic and it cracks me up. I literally watched it this weekend because I was like, <gasps> you know what? This is literally the only like Christmas movie I like. <laughs> Yeah, that or like um, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Like, I like oh, that one. That's, 100%. that's a classic. Yes. Yeah, there's only like a couple that I like, but I'm not like, I need to watch them every single year. I love them so no. much. I feel more that way about like Halloween. Yes! Like, <gasps> like Halloween, I gotta watch Hocus Pocus every year. There's certain ones I just gotta, I gotta. Yeah, watch. yeah, like I like urge. Like, I have urges, you know? I know when the leaves start to turn, mm. I'm like, I need to watch mm. a little spooky, fun movie. Literally, to today I had pumpkin spice coffee with hazelnut creamer, pumpkin spice flavored syrup, and my Hocus Pocus mug. <laughs> You're like, I can let go. It's fine. It's not fine. <laughs> I will never let go. It's not fine. I do enjoy Christmas movies, though. And I have, you've seen this one before, right? Oh, yeah. This was like yeah. a family class. This is my dad's favorite Christmas movie. So oh, he put this shit God. on every fucking Christmas as a kid, and he would laugh, like, ridiculously. And now, watching it as, this is probably the first time I've watched it all the way through as an adult, and I yeah. get it. I finally freaking get <laughs> why my dad would laugh like a damn hyena, and I'm like, Dad, this isn't that funny. I know. Oh. It's it's definitely, because this is an older movie, it's 1989, um, but it's... It's definitely like older humor for sure. Oh, 100%. So our parents' generation definitely like eats this like it's going out of date. Mm-hmm. Like they love this kind of stuff. Plus, it has Chevy Chase and Chevy Chase yes. and during that time, which I just watched another Chevy Chase movie like randomly. I watched The Three Amigos. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No. Oh, it's a classic. It's a similar like humor yeah, yeah. style, but it was it was funny. But yeah, no, I think I have only seen this one. 
maybe like one time before this and it was just it was just one of those random like movies that my parents didn't watch so yeah i've definitely seen it before but it was definitely um interesting watching it i think as an adult you get a lot more oh my god the the jokes and the dirtiness i was just like sitting there like watching it this time like what the fuck just or even just like the topics of like what's happening where it's like you understand the family dynamics you understand working at a job and hoping that your hard work eventually Mm -hmm. pays off Mm -hmm. like everybody can like kind of resonate with that but before we just dive right in if you haven't heard or seen national lampoon's christmas vacation we got a little description for you as the holidays approach clark griswold played by chevy chase wants to have a perfect family Christmas. So he pesters his wife, Ellen, and the children as he tries to make sure everything is in line, including the tree and the house decorations. However, things go awry quickly. His hick cousin Eddie and his family show up unplanned and start living in their camper on the Griswold property. Even worse, Clark's employers... Okay, I don't know what that word Renege, means. Um, Renge? I'll Google R-E-N-E-G-E. Reneg. What does it mean? To go back on a promise, undertaking, or contract. Okay. So interesting. His employers do that. Yeah. So even worse, Clark's employers renege on the holiday bonus he needs. Dun dun dun. He was gonna okay. put in a swimming pool with that money. How rude. Mm-hmm. But then again, did you really need it if you just were doing it for a swimming pool? It's my thoughts. Sorry, I said it. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> what were your first impressions? First impressions was this movie was way funnier than I thought um, <laughs> with so many different little like things. Now watching it as an adult, I would be like, oh, my God, I would fucking lose my shit. Always had the, the wife was just like so perfectly like obedient and like, OK, Clark, like, OK, everything's fine. Yeah. Come inside, honey. Supper's ready. And he's just like, fuck this. <laughs> like going crazy. So <laughs> watching it, it was such a different experience. I, I loved it. It was hilarious i was peeing my pants 10 out of 10 oh good wow i um i have to admit so like this type of humor is not usually like what i go for but i was laughing because the movie like the whole plot is like clark wants to have like the perfect christmas Mm -hmm. he wants to have the perfect tree Mm -hmm. he wants to have you know the perfect lights he wants to have all the family there like ever and then he wants to be like this big reveal of i'm gonna get this bonus and we're gonna get a pool it's gonna be the best christmas ever and he gets so excited for it that it just starts like falling apart at the seams so like it's funny to me when he's trying to be positive or trying to stick to like the facade of yeah it's gonna be a great christmas and he just says a line that is so in his mind that just escaped out of his mouth and it it's perfect every single time just like when he actually brings it to reality it's like oh okay you're not a robot yeah you know yeah you're also struggling with all these feelings so i thought that was funny one of the first things i picked up uh when watching this i was like oh my god how have i never noticed this and i feel like this is a huge giveaway in terms of like Hello, foreshadowing, like, oh, symbolism. So the whole movie starts off as the Griswolds are hosting Christmas holiday. And that entails, I guess, family coming for the whole freaking week because they were peeling away at an advent calendar doing different activities. Yeah, and all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, and it was started on, like, December 18th. Yeah. I was like, like, (laughs) my family shows up the night of. Like, I don't know about y'all. 
Yep. Nope. I couldn't do that. I love my family. Couldn't do a whole week of that. That's for sure. So I definitely understand the stress, right? But so December 18th, it kicks off and he's his first mission for the holiday is putting up the Christmas lights. Actually, I guess it was the Christmas tree first before the lights. That was the opening scene. The opening scene was them (laughs) having road rage. And can we talk about how he fit under that trailer, that tractor trailer holding the logs? And he was just like, oops, I didn't see it there. I'm like, homeboy, you would have died. You would have been RIP dead. Yes. I think there's an aspect of these movies that are back from the 80s that uh, their comedy style was unrealistic. Theirs was like absurd, absurd, yeah, Yeah. very outlandish. Like, holy shit, that would never happen. But that's what makes it so funny. Whereas nowadays, our comedy is more realistic. Like, it's like shit. Yeah, it's definitely more like highbrow, more like witty. So it's like the things that you say that are funny. But I also loved how the the wife Ellen was just like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" And then like (laughs) that happened. I was like, "Girl, how are you calm?" Yeah, no, I would have shat myself. She is an awesome actress for having to play that kind of role because if that was my husband, <laughs> minimally we would have gotten divorced six times throughout this film. <laughs> six times, easily. That's it. Oh my God, yeah. So, yeah, so they open up the whole movie that way and they go, I don't know where they're driving, but they're driving to an actual forest. They went to Alaska. And they get is what it felt like. <laughs> It really did. And then they go and get a pine tree, and that's a whole thing because they, it seems like they're hiking through a, a blizzard yeah. and a mountain just to get the perfect one. Yeah. Um, but yes, and he gets the tree, and then he wants to set up these damn lights. Yeah. Over 100, what was it? It was like some crazy number, like 100,000 light bulbs. And so the whole process of him doing this is taking like multiple days, and his poor son is out there with him. But the first big thing I noticed that I was like, oh, oh, my God, this is like low key foreshadowing. Maybe they didn't even intend this. But the final scene of him in the evening after the wife's like, honey, like, all right, come inside for supper. Like, stop. He is leaving. He's on the ladder or whatever. And they show a like a panoramic view kind of of like the house on the street or whatever. And it's a gigantic full moon. And I was like, oh, yeah, huh. symbolism, maybe. Maybe I'm overthinking this. However, it you couldn't be you couldn't miss it. Like the whole point of showing that view of the house was to show you this gigantic freaking like full moon, whatever. And so I was like, you know what? Let's just like I'm curious because I had the question. I was like, let's look up what the definition and like meaning behind a full moon. So just a quick Google. It literally says this phase of the moon represents completion, fertility, abundance, and transformation. When the seeds from the new moon come into bloom, because the moon is directly opposite of the sun during this phase, um, it can also be a time of friction, polarity, and more intense emotional energy. (laughs) So I was literally like, hmm, (laughs) no way. Yeah. So I just, it's kind of like a funny, because sometimes movies do that, sometimes they don't. They put in these little sprinkles of like, hey, ooh, foreshadowing, ooh, symbolism, mirror, mirror. And yeah. I didn't think a comedy like this would have had that. And I was just like, huh. All right. I mean, I didn't even notice that. So cahoots to you. Cahoots to fucking me. <laughs> uh, for, for getting your little film major brain on. That was awesome. And that's great that it actually means friction too. Yeah. And also, I mean, you have the the whole neighbor situation too. Oh, yes. 
which is that is what made me laugh the hardest because um it has the actress elaine from seinfeld i'm blanking on her name right now but she's the neighbor and these neighbors are just like very they're like hip modern Mm -hmm. neighbors Mm -hmm. but they're also young it's weird but they're very like futuristic. They look like they're in the mafia kind of because yeah. they have these weird like leather jackets and briefcases and whatever. But they hate Christmas. They essentially hate anything joyful. So seeing their, you know, dumbass neighbor trying to set up a hundred something whatever lights, literally, <laughs> it's it's a mess and they don't like it. And they're just like, what is this guy doing? I hope he falls off the ladder. Yeah. And so that it's so funny because they don't really set any type of stage for that. And that's literally one of my first questions. I was like, why are these neighbors so mean? Well, have you ever had a neighbor that is just so annoying that anything they do just bothers you? Even think of like, think back to college, like some of our members down the hall or something that when we used to live together, you know, we used to have, we used to have some people that we, we certainly judged, but I think Because there is, like, a whole overarching theme of, like, the corporate world versus family life and what does it mean to kind of, like, have the quote-unquote perfect life. So, like, these people who live next door, I'm assuming they're kind of business people. We don't really know a lot about them, but we can can tell a lot about who they are by how they act, which is fine. But they were probably people who would be considered successful, have it together. They were probably in style, even though Mm -hmm. looking back on it, you're like, what the hell is that? (laughs) They look like they came out of the Matrix. But anyway, meanwhile, you have somebody like Clark, who is technically in the corporate world, and he's trying to do the right thing, um, but he just doesn't really fit the mold. Sometimes he's not really someone who can play the game and kind Mm -hmm. of do that kind of a thing. As we see, he breaks every once in a while. Yeah. So... You know, I think that was like kind of their role was to kind of show that this is not the rest of the world, but like the corporate aspect of the world. And I think it, it, Clark usually doesn't bite back ever, but he did bite back the very first time with them where they were like, where are you going to put a tree that big? And he goes, bend over. I'll show you where. (laughs) And you're just sitting there like, oh, And he's like, hey, he's like, you can't talk to me that way. He goes, I wasn't talking to you. And he was talking to the The wife. wife. I was like, But I will say that's also another moment in this movie. That's like the first little sprinkling of like homeboy's got this thing for women that like he don't give a fuck. I do think that that was the humor for the time, too, because even like the time where he's at the mall and he's like at the lingerie counter, which like those don't even really exist anymore. But and he is being so awkward with this woman and is like low key flirting with her. And I think that's like an old time humor thing that people think is so funny Uh and like she does come back later on for a random moment but yeah it's just yeah he's it's definitely it says a lot about women at that time 100 percent. and then you have his poor wife who's just so tolerant so i know like submissive to their relationship so like she is just the problem solver he fucks everything up he's raging and she's like honey okay i made dessert let's go like <laughs> like distracting the family from the problems and then for him so that, that kind of bothered me a little bit because he's got such an amazing wife and then he's out there uh, yeah with mad women i'm like my valentino bag like like it yeah. bothered me so much on a sidebar I don't really like Chevy Chase that much. I've also... Because have you seen Community? No, I haven't, no. So he's in it when he's a little bit older. Like, it's more current than when he was much younger in here. Um, And he's good in that. 
but he also plays an asshole. Mm. So that's why I'm like, oh, he's really good at it. And I have Mm -hmm. read multiple times that he is very difficult to work with. So like, to me, I just, I don't know. I try not to go in with like any bias or anything, but I just see him. I'm like, I don't really like buy this. Yeah good guy family guy thing especially and obviously this was the character but like you said especially since he was just flirting and daydreaming about this random chick at the uh, lingerie counter when he's got a a perfectly good wife at home who wouldn't hurt a fly and is carrying carrying this chaotic christmas and and that brings me to like one of my biggest points a lot of people find heroism in mr griswold clark But a lot of other people are like, no, fuck that. He's actually a villain. So I went through and I was looking at a couple things. And, like, there's actually a lot of articles online that say, like, 10 reasons why fucking Clark Griswold's literally a villain instead of being the hero. And if you don't mind, I'll read you some of them. And reading through them, I was like, what the fuck? You're kind of right. Like, holy shit. Oh, this makes me feel better because I really did not like him at all. And I think he's painted to be like, oh, the hero dad. But yeah. in arriving at that win at the very, very end, he fucked up yeah. so much throughout the whole movie. So much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. So number one, endangering his family, the Christmas tree situation, the driving the situation home. Literally. So many different times throughout the entire movie. Number two, in ignoring his own child's health when the daughter has <laughs> the allergic reaction. He didn't give a fuck. <sighs> literally yeah no he doesn't nobody really gives a fuck about her though she is that one poor daughter that nobody cares about no 100 percent um number three disregarding his wife's concerns number four insulting margo the neighbor number five destruction of neighbor's property (laughs) (laughs) ready number six openly lusting after the checkout girl of the lingerie (sighs) store number seven uh, his destructive tantrums Number eight, his verbal abuse. (laughs) Number nine, the massive meltdown at the end of the movie. And number 10, he doesn't change his ways. At the very end of the movie, he learned nothing from the whole experience. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's, and we've talked about this, I think, previously with either books or films that we've watched. It's very difficult to have a main character that you don't really root for because there has to be some reason like why you're still engaged and why you're interested because we naturally latch on to characters because we see something in them that we see in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so for Mm -hmm. somebody like uh, Clark, I just, there's nothing about him other than the fact that I could resonate with the strive for perfection. Yes. And although I do consider myself a perfectionist, I don't think it blinds me in the way that it blinds him. Yes. Because he is striving so hard to make sure everything is perfect that he's missing, like, what's right in front of him. Right. So that's, like, the only thing that I could see that's kind of a redeeming quality in him. Mm -hmm. But, yes, I totally agree. He doesn't have much of an arc, really. And this is all stuff that you usually apply to, like, a film. I don't, this is going to sound mean, but, like, a film with substance. Yeah, like, yeah, this is yeah. clearly just a, a fun, you know, slapstick humor comedy Christmas movie. It has lessons and things that we can take away from it, but I don't think it's, in my opinion, like, a life-changing movie that I was going to, you know, cry and be like, oh, my God, I'm a changed person after watching this. Yeah. But... Um, I don't think most Christmas movies have that, though, No, to be honest. I like, I couldn't tell you one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. 
I think that this movie is a really funny like combination of the Grinch story and um, <laughs> a Christmas Carol. But I feel like this movie is like that same thing because he's got this like Ebenezer Scroogeiness, the kind of like the 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 Grinch storyline where at the end of the day he's like saving Christmas type thing. Yeah, but at the end those two people did change though. They change at the end. Oh, you're the Grinch, very right. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He has elements of them, but they change at the end. He doesn't. He's just like, oh, it all worked out. Ho 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 ho. And his literal closing line is, I did it. Like, he's like, ah, I did it. And you're like, what did you, what did you do? Yeah, dude. I, um, I, yeah, I just don't. And I, I thought I was kind of blaming it on Chevy Chase because I don't really like him that much. Yeah, yeah. But now I feel like the things are clicking. Like, I'm, I'm, the neurons are firing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, he just wasn't a good character. No, he just was, yeah, yeah. But. There really weren't that many good characters in there, aside from the wife. She's probably the only pure one that is yes. like the sounding board. Yes. That's the neutral, so we know what to like base all the other characters on. Because I need to talk to you about these freaking grandparents. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. The the old ass man smoking a cigar with his wife who doesn't know which way is up. I love her. Every time they spoke, I wanted to scream at the TV. And I think we've all been there though, with like some relative where they just talk or they say things and you're like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> literally i wrote down on my my notepad that i was like this old man is reading so sassy like he was like kind of a dick the whole time and i'm like bitch oh yes you're the one showing up lighting a goddamn christmas tree on fire with your batshit crazy wife what did you expect like hello who, who wrapped the cat as a christmas gift because she got confused <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> One of my favorite parts ever is when they ask her to say the uh, say grace at dinner, <laughs> and this lady, her redeeming quality is that she, her patriotism to the United States of America is so profound. <laughs> she every they say say grace and she goes, "I pledge allegiance to the flag," and you're just and like, then what? and then Eddie the hick cousin takes his hat off and stands. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Ta- speaking of Eddie. So this guy, Eddie, shows up and like I was so perplexed as to whether I should feel bad for him or whether I shouldn't feel bad for him. So this cousin, Eddie, literally shows up like three or four days before Christmas being like, surprise, we're here. Like, oh, you're so excited to host us. I hope so. Like, blah, blah, blah. Literally unannounced, Mm -hmm. uninvited. Um, This is the brother of the wife. And so obviously she's not going to turn him away. And they roll up in this fucking beat ass, rusted camper rv gross it was like you see that and you're like there's no way humans live in that come to find out it's their literal home and you know at first you're like okay you know what i feel some sympathy for you like sure maybe you're going through a hard time like absolutely spend christmas with the griswolds like it'll make it seem like nothing's wrong with the kids and that for me i got like a little emotional because it's like that that's that thing that parents do where they try to hide their real world problems However, I really was so frustrated because I've had people do this to me um, where they're almost expecting the handout and the pity. And then she says, oh, well, he's been out of work seven years. I was like, bitch, seven years. (laughs) But doesn't she say that he's hoping that like a job will open up to him or like she's she's really like holding out for a something job. I forgot what it was. A management position. (laughs) A management position. Coming from this guy who at least has a third grade education, who's 
who speaks like this because he's a country hick, you know, murmur. Like, he's, like, so rough and ready. And you're just like, what management position? What crack cocaine are you on, sir? <laughs> no wonder why you've been waiting and unemployed for seven years that you had to sell your house and move your kids into a broke-back RV. Come on. I think because of where I live now, not that I live in, like, because I think when... I tell people that I live in Pennsylvania. They're like, oh, you live with the Amish. And it's really, it's not like that at all. I don't live in like mid Pennsylvania where there's nothing. But the area that I currently live in now is definitely a little bit more like redneck. You know, you got some Republicans and conservative, which is fine. But it's just seeing a character like Eddie. It's like, yeah, I saw that guy at the Giant like two days ago. Like I know exactly who that is. (laughs) 100%. 100%. And so... There's that scene where Clark is going shopping and he's like, you know what, buddy, like, we're going to help you out. Like, because the kids are obviously picking up on, like, the fact that, oh, we're not getting presents this year because Santa's not coming when in the reality, dad and mom have financial problems. I love the fact that that Clark was like, you know what, we'll do something nice because I was like, okay, curbing his character. Maybe there's an arc coming. And then Eddie slaps a fucking Christmas wish list. And a- waiting for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not cool. Not cool. I think it's very obvious when you see somebody like that in like your personal life. Mm-hmm. Somebody when you you give an inch and they take a mile. Yes, there you go. And I do think, based on my experience, that is just the way that some people are are brought up. I don't think it's always malicious. Yeah, but. I, I have had a couple people in my life that have done that. And then you learn that the hard way, especially I think because you and I are similar where we are happy to give and help and, mm-hmm. you know, facilitate any way that we can. But then we get burnt out and then we start getting angry. And it's like, wait, the whole reason I was doing this was benevolent and it's turned into a non-benevolent thing. Right. So I think that there are people like that that are just going to kind of play the card to see what they can get and take advantage of it. And sometimes it is manipulative and other times it's just pure ignorance, which I kind of feel like it was in this case, but it also was like supposed to be like a funny moment. Like, oh, I really couldn't. Oh, I couldn't do that. Well, if you're going to, here's an entire list. I put an alphabetical order. There you go. Yeah. 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 I was just like, what? I do think that his like character was just meant to add to the further, the chaos of the situation. But I do think that, Everybody in this family, aside from the wife, and I guess obviously the kids, are just like god awful. Like yeah. they're just god awful people. And I know you can't ever choose your family, but I guess I like I've learned like as you get older, the friends that you choose are also your family, and you can choose them. So I, I just had this discussion like this weekend with somebody about that, and that that's like your real family, but it's. It's so true, though, that as you get older and you start to become an adult and you like things that you didn't really notice as a kid, you notice now. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like my experience from the first time. Not that I watched this movie when I was a kid, but it was years ago. Uh, The first time that I watched this versus when I watched it now, like I could find myself relating a little bit more to the Mm. frustrations Mm -hmm. that Clark felt, but not liking him. So I don't know how you felt about that. If you felt similarly to like things that he was frustrated about, whether it was family, whether it was work, whether it was having a vision in your head and you you can see it when you close your eyes and then everything you try to do just doesn't go right. And it's you're trying to keep it together. Yeah. I don't know what you think about that. No, 100%. And I think that 
there are so many aspects of Clark that I'm the same way because we both have that perfectionism in, in us. I just, again, I agree. I don't think I've ever gone as far as Clark. But no, I definitely understand the feeling of like work stress at a holiday that it's literally overbearing you and ruining your experience. I, I mm-hmm. have that experience with family when they're like the dog being there and it being like ruining everything. Like, oh, God, it's yeah. just yeah, I get it. I definitely get it. And it's hard to not vi- villainize him. But yeah, it's hard to also find heroism in him because he keeps making the wrong decisions. My biggest gripe with this movie was not even like, okay, they weren't really prepared. Okay, their family is kind of whatever. I could not get over the fact that this guy, Clark, wanted this this pool, right? This this dream. Yeah. So badly that he expected that he was going to get a bonus to cover it. Right. And basically upfronted money without consulting his his wife or anybody else because he was like oh well it'll cover it it'll be fine and to me i'm like a i need a plan i need a backup plan i need plans a through z i could never ever do that and put my family's like finances on the line like that that to me i was just like who does that for a freaking pool like for a pool yeah 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 and i didn't think about this until just now and really put it like into perspective i totally agree with you and i think it also shows kind of the dynamic of the household that even yeah. though she's like the caretaker of the home she's got no say in their family no uh, unless it comes to the kids obviously like then otherwise otherwise it's it's all straight up clark so much so that you just made a valid point he jeopardizes their family's finances for putting in a fucking pool that he then reveals at christmas when he thinks he's getting his bonus check and he's like, this check is going to be for our Christmas pool or, or whatever. Like, no, dude. You just said in the beginning of the movie, your family is going to be in the hold if you don't get the stupid bonus. Then why? Did, and that would be like Alec going behind my back and saying, hey, I'm going to. I mean, we live in an apartment, so it doesn't technically count. But even like, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to buy us a house, but I'm waiting to get our bonus. So I took our money and put it as a down payment on the house. And then hopefully the bonus. Mm-mm. No? I Are you kidding you. me? I would have murdered you. Yeah. 100%. No, nope. no way. And I don't know. Obviously, I think when you're saying with, like, the wife, Ellen, is typical of, like, movies in that time. And yes. I'm not going to, like, go on this soapbox of, like, how they represented women. But we did touch on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And clearly, she was just a figure that was there. And yeah. was also the glue, I think, holding everything together, if I'm being honest. Because Clark was too busy trying to rip everything apart to make it perfect. And she's just like, nah, mm-hmm, no, keep it together. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And, she, Come on. and it, what's so funny is that she's actually the one that saved the day with the lights. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Because she's, no offense, because she's freaking smart and, and not an idiot. Who took the credit? Mr. Griswold. Fucking dumbass Clark. Yeah, man. I don't know. That's why, like, I struggled with this movie a little bit. Because I was like, okay, so Christmas movies you think are happy and they make you feel excited and about family, about love, about cherishing time together and this, like, unspoken holiday spirit that we don't really know how to define. Mm -hmm. And then you have this, and it's just, like, chaos and selfishness and being stubborn and just blinded by your own strive for perfection Mm -hmm. like all these like very negative things and as i'm speaking out loud i'm starting to think that 
that also could be just like some people's perspective on the holidays too. Yeah. Like this time of year might not actually be positive for everybody and that's mm-hmm. fine. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's why I had such a hard time with this movie because for the most part, mine are, my experiences are positive. And although family is chaotic, like we've touched on, everybody experiences that. It's just so hard when you have a character like freaking Clark. I just, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, I think there are some other movies like, one of the newer ones today, have you ever seen um, uh, Bad Moms Christmas? No, I haven't. Um, it's with Mia Kunis, and she essentially goes through the same exact journey of, like, her mom shows up for Christmas and totally uh... takes over. She's like, we're decorating this way. We're going to go see the Nutcracker. We're, this is our Christmas agenda. And she's like, mom, you're ruining Christmas. Stop. And the mom is so blinded, and, and Mia Kunis, his character, is so blinded by the whole Christmas being a certain way that they both fucking ruin the whole entire Christmas. And that's exactly what I, I feel like has happened here in this movie. Yeah. Like if you yeah. count the chaos from the Christmas tree, the lights, the damaging the neighbor's property, um, uh, killing the, the cat, the Christmas tree going on <laughs> fire, the Christmas dinner, Christmas Eve dinner was ass. Oh. The entire turkey was fucking roasted to shreds. He didn't get his Christmas bonus. The fucking explosion from Uncle Eddie's sewer fucking fumes that explode mm. at the end of the movie. I mean, that's just almost 10 things off the top of my hands that have gone wrong this entire Christmas vacation movie. I mean, no wonder why he loses his shit at the very end. So it's like... The <sighs> thing, too, is it doesn't even just stop there. It's when Eddie, the cousin, decides to kidnap the boss that didn't get Clark his bonus because he took it too literally when Clark was like, well, if I could, if I could get him here, I'll give him a piece of my mind. And so Clark, uh, Eddie thinks, oh, I can save Christmas. I'll just get his boss here yeah. and freaking kidnaps him and brings him there. And is like, okay, go ahead and say it. But also though, like if that were to happen today, homeboy would have been in prison before he even got, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, eh. yeah, no, absolutely. But I also didn't really understand it. Maybe I just, I don't know, maybe I like zoned out during this part of the movie. Why was the boss just like, you're right. I heard you talk of, because after Clark was like, yeah, like I was banking on this whole thing and you know, you ruined my Christmas, whatever. The boss was just like, you know what? You're right. I'll just give everybody their bonuses again. I'm like, yeah. bro, how are you so chill right now? You just got ripped from your... You're in your bathrobe. You are in your like, bathrobe. I, I'm like, what is happening? I think it has to do with, like... Well, for one, he probably could see how big of a shit show the Griswold's Christmas was with, like, that burnt-ass tree, a dead the cat. The cat, the trailer out front, some hillbilly, broke-ass dude kidnapping him. I think he can kind of get the scene. But I yeah. think it's supposed to just... This was, like, one of those movies that, like, another symbol of, like, the good old days, you know? I think it's just one of those moments where he's like, oh, no. You know, my financial decisions have impacted y'all so much. And, like, you know, without even really having to, like, show the backstory. But I think that's why. Yeah, definitely. I just, like, that was the part at the end. I was like, oh, so, like, after all that, you're like, "Mm, okay. You're an asshole from the first moment we saw you. Now you're like... Oh, okay. Like, he had more of a character arc than Clark did. No, 100%. The main character. But I thought it was also interesting, too, because obviously the whole family, the the wife, who's obviously, they're they're millionaires, right? They're the CEOs of the company, right? So. Oh, yeah, the boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The boss, yeah. So the wife, obviously, is calls 911, and a whole entire SWAT team shows up at Clark Griswold's house. And 
even the wife agrees, like, you piece of shit. You don't get to do, like, <laughs> come on, honey. You cut Christmas bonuses? How fucking dare you? And it is, it is true, though. Like, if only companies, like corporate companies, did see how much they do impact their actual employees on a day-to-day basis, yeah. I think they would operate so differently. Because I feel like these, like, a lot of company leaders live in an entirely different world where yeah for sure it's this so this movie like kind of puts a little bit in perspective but that would never happen nowadays like ever not even in real life like would would a ceo just get to see a glimpse of like how impactful a paycheck is to a a regular everyday employee yeah no for sure and I, i think that like i said earlier is the overarching theme of this all it's like corporate world versus reality and i think that's like evident in the neighbors versus the griswolds it's the you know, Clark at his job trying to come up with an idea that is so random, but, you know, I guess it works and essentially gets taken without really any credit. And then it's, you know, essentially saying that your hard work doesn't pay off and then eventually it does. Right. Um, It speaks a lot. And I I think that this time of the year, I think it is a sensitive time for people because they maybe they are in certain, you know, similar situations where they are trying to get that that gift for their kids or they are trying to put on like the perfect Christmas and do the right thing. And things are hard for people. And it's sometimes even it feels harder around the holidays. So I think that's what the boss eventually came to realize. But you're right. I don't think that that in this day and age would really happen yeah, too much, like yeah. especially in big, big corporations. Because you're right. They just live totally different lives, uh-huh. you know? And I think, to me, one of the things that sticks out is at the end of the movie, he gets the bonus check, right? And the, and the guy even says, you know what? Add 20% because you were, the, yeah. you were the guy that was willing to drag me out of my house and show me like that what I made, my decision was wrong. However, at the end of the movie, he sighs this big like sigh of relief and is like, oh, I did it. Because he technically was just rewarded for all of that piss poor behavior the entire movie previous. And, you know, that's why, like, at the end of the movie, you don't see that character change because he just got rewarded for acting like a piece of shit the last fucking week and a half, you know? So true. So true. Yeah. I mean, maybe if he didn't get that Christmas bonus, he would have acted totally different. And he would learn the lesson, like, oh, you know what? I'll consult my wife the next time I want to make a big financial decision. Oh, I'll... Uh, plan ahead the next time I want to invite or have people over for family Christmas to make sure that we can, you know, take care of everything and have it done properly or buy a Christmas tree that's so fucking outlandish it doesn't fit in our house and it busts three to four windows trying to get it in and now I got to repair it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would have learned the lesson, but now he doesn't. Yeah, and I agree. I think if at the end, instead of like, let's say he doesn't get the bonus check and then he ends up just having to sit and be present with his family, I'm sure he would have been miserable. But then like maybe seeing his children open up the gifts and stuff like that and realizing, oh, well, this is what Christmas is really about, is about togetherness and, you know, celebrating. And I've learned my lesson. I've changed my priorities. That would have been better. It would have been more realistic. But, you know, sometimes, especially that time of movies, everybody wanted that happy ending. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted that sugar coat with a little red bow on top. They wanted that sweet ending. And uh, I guess that's technically what it is. It just doesn't really feel like it. So Yeah, because for us, we just watched chaos ensue for the last, like, hour and a half previous. And then yeah. all of a sudden, this guy just gets to be like, I saved Christmas. And you're like, it was all worth it in the end. Right. No, it really wasn't, though. It really <laughs> wasn't worth it. Let's think about this logistically, as if this isn't a fictional movie. You're going to get the pool. Your kids are like 13, 
10. You've got like five mm-hmm. more years and then they're moving to college and they're going to be out of the house and like eventually you're probably going to move because the house is too big. Like you're going to build in a pool for what? So he can daydream about the lady at the cashier register. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was that was a lot. That was so random, that scene. He was just literally standing at the window, and then like she does this whole little strip tease by the pool. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I like- <laughs> thought he was going to turn around when the little girl finds him and was and is like, are you Santa Claus? I thought he was going to have like a boner. Me too. Yeah. I, I was expecting a pitch tent for sure. Oh, 100%. Um, and then he's like nothing, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I definitely think that this is a movie of its time, for sure. So anyways, that being said, let's rate it out of five. What are you, what are you rating it? I'm rating it four out of five because of the nostalgia. Yeah. Damn. I have so many memories to me watching this with my dad. Watching it now as an adult, I picked up on so many other like scenes that were funny that I didn't get as a kid. Like, like when they're, when the cops bust in and they're like, freeze. And Clark's wife has her hand on his penis and then she like says something she's like oh excuse me sir she like removes her hand for a second raises it and is like excuse me sir like oh just this way and then she puts it back like oh yeah. like there was just so many moments i was just like oh yeah. my god this is this is something my dad laughed at so it brought yeah. back a lot of good memories so i'm gonna give it a four out of five i am not four out of five i'm gonna say like two and a half <laughs> two and a half ish i don't know it was fun to watch is it something that i want to like watch again not really if it's on and i'm somewhere with like somebody's house and they want to watch it i'm not going to say no obviously it's a fun movie it has good laughs i just think you're right in the end he doesn't change and his whole entire chaos mess was all justified at the end yeah and i hate that i think it's tough because back then we kind of touched on the topic, like households were male run, you know, and so maybe he felt that pressure too, to make everything so fucking perfect to hide the fact that things weren't perfect, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a push and pull type of movie, but I personally don't think anybody else other than Chevy Chase could have acted this. There's no. Yeah. It's like it's like like when Jim Carrey does a role, you're like, no, 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 no. Nobody else can yeah, do that he, role. They embody that role. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he is this character through and through. And like, I don't know. Like, I know my dad has done some wild shit just to make sure he pulled <laughs> off a Christmas, you know? So that's why, like, yeah. I see this movie and I see my dad and I picture, Aww. like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Cheesy. But that's why it's four out of five for me. So. Well, shout out to Rocco. Honestly, Rocco, you're my, you're, you're my, my backbone in life, you know? Oh, what a guy. Well, that being said, everybody, happy holidays. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a happy Diwali. Have a happy Hanukkah. A happy Kwanzaa. Happy Three Kings Day. Happy Winter Solstice. Happy Chinese New Year. And happy Boxing Day. And you know what? Have a happy New Year, too. Why not? Yes. Ring in that 2023 with some of your friends, families, and listening to the podcasts you love. Thanks for tuning in. We hope today's episode makes you feel a little bit more connected to your true self. Don't forget to follow the DNA podcast on Instagram so you never miss another episode. Until next time.